Hello and welcome to the Divorced Advocate, where we help dads create a healthy and less traumatic divorce. My name is Jude Sandoval and I am your host. Thanks for being here today and thank you for the feedback that, uh, that you gave me on last week's podcast around parental alienation. I got an excellent response around that and it seems like there are uh, quite a few of you out there that are dealing with that ongoing, unfortunately. I'm so sorry to hear that, but I knew it was going to be an important podcast and, um, and the response was, was very strong. On that note, uh, one of the listeners gave me a really fantastic clinical uh, psychologist and, and uh, way in which to look at and understand this. It's a YouTube video, and I will post that in the show notes, but if you would like that also, and I'm going to go back and post it in last week's show notes. So if you haven't listened to that podcast, go back and check it out. But if you want, I can send it directly to you as well. Just send me an email at jude, J-U-D-E, at thedivorcededvocate.com. That's jude at thedivorcededvocate.com. And I will send you that video about parental alienation. It's really fascinating. It goes into detail as to the uh, mental, emotional issues that are involved with it, um, signs to more signs, more than we even talked about, but from a psychological standpoint as to what to, to look for and uh, a few ideas about how to mitigate it. So let me know if you want that. And also the divorce quiz is still up at the website. We've got the, the website finally redesigned and, and redone. So go check that out. That's been a, a labor of love getting that done as well. But you can grab the divorce quiz and fill that out at the website under the divorce quiz tab. It's going to take you about 10 minutes, but it's going to give you some immediate results around where you're at in your divorce or impending divorce or past divorce compared to others who have gone through it. And if you complete it, we can uh, sit down for a free, no obligation time to review those results or talk about anything else you've got going on in your divorce. So check it out at the website at thedivorcedadvocate.com or directly at thedivorcequiz.com. All right, today we are going to be talking about five steps to be more honest with yourself. So when we're going through this divorce, a lot of us are questioning and trying to understand what happened, what's going on. As I always say, it's chaotic and uncertain. And one of the things we're really, really seeking is just understanding. And in order to really do that, you have got to be honest with yourself. So that's why we are talking today about the five steps to doing that. And, you know, if you're serious about improving yourself as a person, if you're serious about developing yourself, honesty is an absolutely positively important part of this journey. It's a key aspect of developing because if you're being honest with yourself, you know, how are you going to actually grow. So, you know, when we decide to be dishonest or even just delusional, we're choosing to see only what we want to see. 
Uh, now that might not sound bad if you just want to stay in the you know the, the terrible uh, cycle that you, you may have been in or perpetuate the uh, relationship or the relational dynamics that you um, that have led to where you're at now, but it means that you're ignoring a whole lot that uh, you would prefer to avoid. So you know if those things matter to you the most, then and and you want to secure some. Uh, you know, some some uh, long term happiness and instead of just some short term joy, then, you know, being honest with yourself is critical. And look, you know, being honest with yourself is going to be painful. It's going to be painful, but it's a necessary part of furthering yourself. So let's talk about the five steps of how you can be more honest with yourself. The first one is Acknowledge the bad and the good. The thing, as, as humans, the thing we're guilty of is embracing all of the good things of life, right? While, while attempting to, or sometimes some of us completely ignoring all of the bad, right? Like, um, like the whole social, the whole social uh, media conundrum of we watch these timelines of pure joy and bliss and all this good stuff that's that's happening and everybody's great vacations and family life and dinner that they're eating and this and that but um you know it's not real <laughs> and i think at this point we we kind of know now at least those of us who are paying attention know now that those aren't real it's just a, a glimpse into and sometimes just a a facade around some people's lives so you know people are only sharing the best bits and it doesn't paint that true picture of the hardships that that we face on an everyday basis, and we all face them. Even the best of the the best looking people, not best looking, but like best looking on social media of their lives and everything else, is just a facade. We're all facing some sort of challenge, and and um, you know it's easier to just ignore the challenges uh, and the bad things rather than deal with them head on, ignoring this. And, and if you ignore them, like a relational uh, dynamic, if you ignore them, it's not gonna solve anything. It's only gonna make things worse in, in the long run. And uh, you know, I speak this from experience, which is if you don't take that time, if you don't acknowledge the bad and the good, because you know there's it takes two to tangle is is the saying and in our relationships and in our relationships with our, our wife or our soon-to-be ex-wife or our ex-wife there was a dynamic that was present so i encourage you to look at and understand the bad part of that dynamic that you brought to it because we all bring part of that and then we perpetuate that dynamic so it might be difficult and it might be painful to look and see what you were doing and what part of that dynamic you uh, you contributed to. But in order to grow and then have a healthier relationship in the future, and healthier relationships are not only romantic relationships because these dynamics won't just show up in romantic relationships. You'll find that they will show up in your professional relationships. They'll show up in your family dynamics with your children. So getting real honest with yourself right you know right now about the good and the bad is going to really help you 
get a balanced view and understand what's going on. So that's point one, acknowledge the bad and the good. Might be painful, but it's gonna be critical for you moving forward and growing. Step two, take time for self-reflection. At the end of each day, and, and so this one is can be challenging. I know for me, it was one that, um, that I didn't do effectively going through the divorce and, and subsequently, uh, or just subsequent to the divorce because I wanted to distract myself. It was too chaotic, it was too painful, there was too much going on. And so taking time for self-reflection wasn't uh, a priority. And in the meantime, that, uh, that ability to acknowledge what was going on and being honest with myself wasn't happening because look, we can be distracted all day long from the moment we wake up to the time we go to bed every single day, if we want to be. Our society is structured so that we can do that, so that we do not have to pay attention and do self-reflection. But you know, if at the end of the day, you can take a few minutes, even if you just start with a few minutes to think about how it went and ask yourself things like, you know, how did you do today? Is there anything you did well? Is there something that you could have done better? Uh, and you can be honest without being overly critical or too judgmental. That's a problem for some of us if you want to be perfectionists or we take things too much to heart, but just be honest with yourself. It's not an exercise in damaging your self-esteem, but more about just reflecting on your day in order to make your next day a better one. Um, you know, reflection is going to help you learn about yourself and it can improve your ability to solve problems. And one of the things that I, I really uh, talk about, and you've heard me talk about is the journaling. If you can take some time at the end of your day to write this stuff out, it will really help you to sort through some of your thoughts and emotions and putting it down on paper, there's something about that process that really will help your subconscious. And if you do it right before, if you do it right for right before bed, and you go through a couple of these questions um, that I that I just suggested, then it's also going to help your subconscious start to work on creating and finding solutions while you while you sleep. Our, our, our minds and our subconscious are solution-creating uh, solution machines, um, problem-solving machines. So if we do this right before we go to bed and then we go to bed with the intentions of trying to find some understanding or solutions or an intention, then our subconscious will start to work. So look, while you're sleeping, why not maximize your brain power because your brain's already doing this and working on this. If you're real specific about it by journaling and thinking about what it was that, that what happened in your day and how you want your next day to be better and what solutions you want to come up to come up with in solving any problems that you might have going on. That's a most, that is a phenomenally effective way uh, in which to do it. I love using sleep and, and the time during sleep with my subconscious to, to try to rewire things and figure things out because whether we recognize it or not, it is ha it, it, it's happening. Now there's, and I'm not going to go into, into details with it, but there are studies around it now and research around it that is, um, that is supporting that. So try to do a little self 
reflection every single day, even if it's just for a couple of minutes at the end of the day before bed. Number three, we all make mistakes. Just admit it. <laughs> now I'll allude back to those uh, perfectionists <laughs> like, like myself that want to make things perfect. But when we're wanting to make things perfect, we're really wanting to just continually try to solve problems. And, you know, everyone, <laughs> why, the question is, why is it so hard for us to admit when we make mistakes? It's, it's, it's one of the most difficult aspects of being honest with ourselves. And it's, and it's easy, very easy, and particularly during divorce, to slip into ego protection mode and find an excuse or someone else to blame for a mistake. And that, goes, that also goes back to being honest with yourself about what you contributed to the relationship or the dynamic in the relationship that was, uh, th that you know, led to it potentially not, or not potentially, but it not working out. So, um, you know, and this is, here's the thing is by protecting that ego, that's not going to help you build a real sense of self-esteem, true self-esteem and true confidence, true confidence lies in being courageous enough to own up to your mistakes. So when you can stand up and own your shortcomings, then you can learn and grow. And I'll give you a quick exercise in being able to admit your mistakes. And this was, this was a really, this has been and continues to be a really great one that I do with my children because being the dad, being the dad, being the man, I always wanted to be showing them that I'm stoic, I'm here, I'm, I'm the rock, et cetera, that they can always be dependable. But I was never sharing with them mistakes I made and talking to them about um, talking to them to, ab about my life and then sharing other mistakes. And so what I started to do is an exercise called Rose Thorn Bud. And we share at dinner time a, a, um, a rose, which is a good experience we had in our lives, uh, a, a bud, which is a, um, an act of kindness that we've performed or that we witness, and a thorn. And the thorn is the one where we share a mistake that we made that day. And we all make mistakes every single day. But it helped me to start paying attention more to those mistakes, being open and honest and taking full accountability around all of my mistakes, even if they're small mistakes like being late for, for a meeting or not doing something that I was supposed to do or forgetting. Just It could be the smallest of mistakes or there can be big colossal mistakes. Hopefully we're not making big colossal mistakes, but um, in sharing those with my kiddos, then what that helps them to do and see is that we're not all perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And especially with the kiddos now in the society, in, in our society, with this whole social media that I, I alluded to earlier, it is really, really fantastic, especially with them looking up to and, you know, talking to their parents who they draw some of their identity from hearing and learning that their parents actually make mistakes too. And that's okay that everybody's making mistakes all the time. It's going to take away that 
that, that burden and that overwhelm from them that they have to perform perfectly or if they do everything perfectly, if they're hearing from you also the mistakes that you've made in your day, and it's going to help you as well to be able to share and, and talk with them about that and then create a closer bond like and, and talk about how we how you can do better or what you could do better and it just prompts a really fantastic uh, conversation with them. So that's a little tip. It's Rose Thorn Bud. You can always Google it too. And there's a format on there as well. And I'll, I'll try to put some, um, uh, a, a Google link or uh, a link to somewhere that has just the, uh, the, the pattern for that, but it's really simple. And it's very, it's just very, very fantastic, strong tool to use to admit our mistakes is hard and is painful. And I'll tell you, it'll be a little bit challenging in the beginning to admit that, but maybe start with a small one. Like I was late to a meeting, uh, and then work up to, to bigger ones, obviously do that in an age appropriate fashion. <laughs> okay. Number four, and this is sometimes a tough one for us guys, which is get into our feelings, get into your feelings. Yes, the big F word feelings. And here's the thing, when people say they're caught up in their feelings, it's usually a negative connotation, right? Like, like, oh, like, I'm really feeling or I've got all these feelings going on. But the truth of the matter is, your emotions have an important role to play in how you understand and interact with the world. And emotions aren't the reality, but they are revealing. So let me say you that. Say you that. Let me say that again. Emotions aren't the reality. They are revealing, though. So the emotions come up. We have these emotions. They come up. It's not necessarily the reality, but they come up but they are revealing to us something. Our bodies are continually a receptor that, is, that, that are making us pay attention to something. So then when you dig deep to figure out why these emotions are coming up and why you feel a certain way, then you're learning about the things that tend to make you feel that way. Most importantly, you're learning how to manage, hopefully, learning how to manage and then respond appropriately. And then this is a level of honesty uh, that your stress levels and social circles will really appreciate, right? Particularly your children, if you're learning to understand this. And we've talked lots and lots on this show about tips uh, around how to do that when these emotions come up, what to do, breathe if you need to, if it's an inconvenient time, but don't, don't, just bury them, schedule a time to uh, take a look at and understand and let these emotions come up, sit down and journal about what they might be doing, talk to your therapist about the emotions and try to process them, talk to a friend, get in a 12-step group, in a church group, in some kind of uh, group, the, the dad's uh, divorce group meeting that we have um, on the second and fourth uh, Saturday of the month is a, a great place where you can talk about this stuff, but make sure that you don't just bury them. No emotion, no feeling is negative. Nobody's ever saying to you, oh man, 
why have you been so happy for so many weeks, right? So you're going through this challenging time and you're feeling negative, quote unquote, negative emotions, but you're having sad, uh, sad feelings or worried feelings or depressed feelings or whatever they may do. That is okay. And that is absolutely common, especially during this uncertain, challenging time. So get into your feelings. Just don't just have them. Don't just let them come up and then repress them or don't let them come up and act out inappropriately or or um, pass them off on somebody else. Like, um, you know, you know, take it out on somebody else if you're upset. Get into them to really understand why they're coming up, what the background is behind them, and then how you want to move forward and utilize those because then you can utilize those feelings in a positive manner. And this is that's the utilizing part is really where a good coach or a, a therapist is going to help you in, you know, changing ways in which you might think or act based upon these emotions and, and feelings that came up. So again, big F word for us guys, feelings, get into your feelings. All right, the last one in being more honest with yourself is this was a lot of information, but don't get caught in analysis paralysis. And I don't know about you, but I can ruminate and ruminate and ruminate on something, on a situation, on a feeling, on something somebody said. And, you know, as we noted about, as we noted, as I noted before, it's important to take time for the reflection and analyze. However, it's equally important that you do not overanalyze. You can get carried away and you don't need to rationalize everything. You don't need to intellectualize everything. You just simply need to be matter of fact. This is the emotion I'm having. This is the, the feeling that I'm deriving from that. I'm writing this down. This is what I wanna do going forward in order to either understand this or take this and implement it in a positive manner in my life and move forward. You know, some of this stuff you may not understand how or why it's coming up and you don't necessarily need to. Um, you just need to be realistic, you need to be practical and you need to be sensible about it and then take the next best step forward in your life in order to take action. But you do wanna take some sort of action. And that might not be necessarily the, the, the right action, but it is some action that's gonna lead you in a better direction. Maybe you'll need to change course eventually, maybe another emotion or feeling, or maybe your feeling will change about that, that based upon some new information that comes up in your life that you'll have to change course on a little bit. But the important thing is be practical about it. Don't overanalyze it. Don't get into a, a like a, a deep depression over it. I know that's easy to say, especially if you're ruminating on something. Ruminating is thinking about the past and we can do this a lot when we're going through the divorce, but I encourage you not to try to get in that present moment with that emotion. That is huge. Getting in the present moment with that emotion and then taking it and deriving a feeling from it, figuring out how you feel about that, maybe why you feel about that, and then creating an I will statement, an action plan for what you're going to do with that. 
and that's you know that's in our masculine nature anyway to 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 take action around uh what what it is anything whatever it might be in our lives so that might be a simpler step for you than getting into uh those feelings and then analyzing them and trying to derive some sort of uh, i will or action statement around that but maybe your i will action statement is i will get into my feelings <laughs> and, and that'll be a that'll be a good one to 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 then work through an uh, i will statement getting into into those and then create some actionable stacks of uh journaling or therapy or, or whatever it else might or whatever else it might be so those are the five steps to being more honest with yourself. I'll just review those very briefly. One, acknowledge the bad and the good. Number two, take time for self-reflection. Number three, we all make mistakes, but admit it. Number four, the F word, feelings, and get into your feelings. And five, and finally, don't get caught in analysis paralysis. Well, I hope that you found some value in that, in finding ways and tips for being more honest with yourself. Again, it is critical during this time if we want to learn and we want to grow from this experience that is incredibly difficult and challenging. One of the most difficult and challenging ones we're going to go through in our entire life is to, to be honest with, uh, with ourselves. If you liked what you heard today, please share this video with another divorced or divorcing dad, share it on Facebook, share it on LinkedIn. Um, it helps us to build the community. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching it on YouTube. If you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, please give us a star rating and leave us a comment. It helps to draw more people to the show. It's growing every week. It is absolutely phenomenal. And um, it's all due to, uh, to each of you tuning in and sharing as well and getting involved. That's the last thing I'll also say is plug into the community, into the Divorced Advocate community. You can check out all the resources in the show notes, or you can go to the website as well. And um, don't do this alone. Don't self-isolate. Get involved and uh, surround yourself with uh, others of us who are either going through it or have gone through it. Um, so that we can um, give you some support as well. Thanks for listening. God bless. Have a great week.